I was about six years old, and my sister was eight. And we used to live in a rented room in a house where we shared the bathroom and the kitchen with other families. One bedroom was all my mom could afford to pay for the three of us to live and for her to do work as a seamstress. That night, she was sewing, working late, as always, and suddenly the doorknob went up and down. Someone was trying to open the door. My heart started racing when I saw my mom jump to open the door, but she saw nothing more than a shadow of a person running to the room next door. That room had been rented the week before to a man. My mom, immediately, she went to the bathroom. She got a bucket full with cold water. She went to the man's door, let herself in, and she threw the water on her, his face. <laughs> While yelling at him that that was the last time he would ever try to open her door. I'm not going to lie, at that time, at the moment, I was scared. But at the same time, I felt safe with my mom. She was so strong and fearless. And she wasn't going to allow anybody to help to hurt us. The next morning, my mom made sure the guy got arrested and his lease was terminated. That was my mom, Betty. She was a hard worker. She was tough and strong. Well, she had to be because my father abandoned us when I hadn't even been born yet. She was committed, a risk taker. But most importantly, she loves her two daughters with all her life. I don't remember many hawks. She was street. But she kept us under her wings in every storm, making sure we were taken care of, safe, and protected. I am one of the thousands of Venezuelans seeking political asylum here in the US because our own country was stolen by a group of authoritarian criminals. Chavez, the dictator, he got absolute power, whether we wanted him there or not. There was a time where I was an attorney and a criminal prosecutor back in Venezuela. And one day, I was told that the dictator's orders was for me to put in jail the former mayor of the city, who had refused to follow the political party's directions. There was not a real case. There was not a crime. There were no evidence. But they still wanted me to accuse him to get a conviction against him and to send him to prison. As I refused to do so, I became the target. 
And for many years, I witnessed how the regime had sent to prison judges, prosecutors, politicians, and anyone else who was bold enough to oppose them. I knew I needed to leave, or I was going to be the next one going to jail. I fled the country, and I came to the US for refuge. And I know I was very lucky. I was able to escape. But at the same time, I had to face a very big loss when I left Venezuela. I had to start all over again, leaving behind my home, my family, friends, my dog, my profession, my language. I had to start all over again, leaving behind who I was, my identity. And as if that hadn't been hard enough, 10 months after I came here, my mom, who was back in Venezuela, she got a stroke and she died. And she was my hero. She was my everything, my foundation, and she was gone. And then all my world fell apart. I felt totally alone and lost. I was here alone, and I couldn't work yet because I didn't have a work permit. I didn't have a place to live, nor either money, and I was staying in a friend's house for a while. I could barely speak English, and I couldn't help it when, for instance, at the ice cream shop, they thought that I was asking for a vagina. <laughs> when I was really asking for a vagina, which is hazelnut in Spanish. <laughs> and I have a lot of stories like that. I felt, like I said, totally alone, but I wasn't. A few days after I got here in Des Moines, in a Toastmasters meeting, I met two of the people who were going to help me to survive the hardest times later, Courtney and Cheryl. Cheryl was very enthusiastic trying to learn Spanish, Courtney, on the other hand, she had the feeling in her heart that she maybe was a Latina in her previous life. <laughs> they both were fascinated with the Latino culture, people, and places. They were retired, and their passion was helping immigrants in general. 
as I saw them very often to help Cheryl with her Spanish and Courtney with her garden, and they were helping me with my English, I started getting closer and closer to them. I started trusting them, I felt protected with them, and I started loving them. I remember one day Cheryl took me out for lunch, and as I was telling her the struggles I was going through, I remember her exact words. She said, you need a mom here. So from today on, I'll be your mom here. I, at the time, I laughed because it was kind of like a joke. But those, those were powerful words. And I saw how they came to life as the time passed by. As soon as my mom died, these two women were there for me in so many ways. Courtney and her husband, Lee, invited me to come to live with them in their house. And they told me, we are not asking you to pay us anything. Uh, and you can live with us as long as you want to as you need to. They adopted me as their Latina daughter. <laughs> they even gave me money every month for me to send my family back in Venezuela who were also struggling and needing my help. I ended up living in their house for about five years. One of those dark, cold winter nights I found myself kneeling down the floor, crying. I was totally broken, feeling like if I was in the middle of a nightmare, wondering why I was here in this world that I didn't belong to. And then I felt those warm hands in my back and a soft voice telling me that I was going to be okay. It was Courtney kneeling down behind me, hugging me, and she was crying too. She didn't have a lot of words, but then I knew I wasn't walking that path alone. In the meantime, Cheryl and her husband, Greg, also became soldiers in my army. These two women and their husbands, they opened the doors of their houses for me and their hearts. And they gave me shelter, food, rights, food, <laughs> advice, food. <laughs> they gave me love. And did I mention food? <laughs> well, I had to eat three times a day every day. <laughs> Time and a lot of effort and patience took me to a better place, make things better for me. And the kindness and generosity of the people here in Des Moines, many people here, took me to grow a lot. 
Eventually, I got my work permit, and I uh, got a job as a receptionist at the Polk County Attorney's Office. And later, I was able to become a legal assistant. Uh, I got my driver license and was able to get my own car. I got my dog, Louie, <laughs> by another act of generosity, by the way. And he helped healing my wounds by leaking them. I met a gringo prince <laughs> with a Latino heart. <laughs> he happened to live in South America for four years. He speaks fluent Spanish, and he's in love with the Latino culture, the food, and salsa dancing. And in June this year was our wedding day. And it's been one of the most beautiful days in my life. Courtney and Cheryl became the moms of the bride. And they walked me down the aisle, happy and proud as a mother could be. And a picture of my mom, Betty, had a special chair very close to the altar that day. I had my three moms by my side that day. Today, I am expecting a little boy. <laughs> and Courtney and Cheryl are dancing with happiness because they will soon be grandmas. <laughs> I am very grateful to have them in my life and to be able to call them my American moms. They are outstanding human beings who never had the opportunity to raise their own daughter but they have hearts full of love, kindness, and generosity. They didn't know it seven years ago, but they were needing a daughter. <laughs> and I was needing a mom. And it was pretty magical how our path crossed in the perfect time. The universe conspired on our favor. I am very lucky to say I have three moms. That incredible woman who gave me life and raised me to be the person I am today. And these two incredible women who brought me back to life when my soul was in intensive care. They are sitting here in the audience, and I want to ask for them to stand. Cheryl and Courtney, they are. Thank you.